The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury. And this is the only hunting show hosted by two men with undiagnosed eating disorders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, what is, what what's the problem? What do you think, Ars? Well, should we introduce our guest? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm nobody. I mean, I'm just. I mean, here I know he's a ginger, ride, but so. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he's, count. Who is that man sitting there? You sit here until you're spoken to, or someone makes eye contact. Like that's the rule. You got it all day. <laughs> that's Scott Heminger. Hey he, guys. So Scott started with us so probably March, eight March fourth. Yeah. yeah, and uh, living infamy. Yeah, so <laughs> Scott is uh, kind of our quarterback for our social media team here. So he kind of aggregates a lot of the content, follows up with a lot of our sponsors, and and I mean, there's a billion things that go with that job role. But he also helps me at the farm, and he films me, and so mm-hmm. here's the time of year where we start going out of office quite a bit more and uh, he's got a unique perspective on everything because he's got to view everything. He's got to be behind the camera and trying to capture all this stuff and capture it in a perfect way. So, and it's one, it's not easy. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest questions that we get from people is how do you film your hunts? How do you take great photos? And, and, and Scott and I kind of sit near each other here in the studio and we get to go through a lot of the deer cast photos and the social photos that come in, people sharing their kills with us. A lot of great deer, a lot of some, bad pics. Sometimes yes, the pictures absolutely. don't do the deer justice. No. And and there are some pretty simple things that people can do that don't cost any money that take just a few seconds to do that can really turn the corner and help them really appreciate what they have in terms of a memory. And, yeah. You know. I think people, you know, give uh, TV producers crap because they always say you're long arming them. You know, oh, you yeah, long arm, yeah. they think you long arm every deer. That's not the case. I mean, you know, there's a lot of deer that are big deer getting killed and they look big because they are big. And there's a good way to take a photo to kind of show respect for the animal and be proud of, you know, Heck, you guys, you you shot a doe over the weekend and you yep. took the time to take a nice photo. It doesn't yeah, matter about picture. the the rack. It's yeah. just, you, you know, you spent all the time and effort and there's several facets to this. One is just kind of the respect of, hey, I'm proud, you know, mm-hmm. something to remember it by. And the other is, you know, especially with social media, it's like how many people that aren't hunters see this photo? All right. Say there's a bunch of blood on us. Say the tongue's hanging out. Say you got to be mindful. You, you, you do. It's yeah. just the reality of it. If you're sharing our message as far as trying to, to you know, uh, uh, the mentality might be, hey, I'm a hunter. I don't apologize for it. That's great and all. But, you know, we're not in the same day and age as we used to be. And the reality of it is, is we're trying to if somebody's on the fence, we're trying to get them to come to our side of the fence. Yeah. And if it's gory and it seems like it's not very respectful and all of a sudden you may have pushed somebody over the wrong way and you're not getting them back, you know? So gotta uh, keep it classy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's multifaceted and I think that's what we're going to kind of take a brief school of, of thought here on how to make it work. Yeah. And if people are watching the show right now, they're probably wondering the set looks a little different. 
That's because we have oh. some some new hardware. Uh, can in, I see it? I don't in, know. In set. It didn't get placed where I would like it to be placed, but what do maybe, I know? Well, <laughs> maybe someday it'll get My there. recommendation was over here, but who knows? Maybe it's perfectly seen yeah. back there. Well, so so th- th- this is a little bit delayed, but when you hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, they send you an actual plaque. Yes, and it's pretty cool, actually. It's really neat. So the next one, we got to reach a million. So we're not quite there. If you're listening, go Please watch and hit subscribe. If you're watching and you don't subscribe, hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. But uh, we, we, it's pretty cool. It's, it's honestly, it's cool. I think it's more of a pat on the back for everybody here at the office that's working so hard to make that happen. It's yep. not, it's not Drury Outdoors. It's the studio. It's the staff that really made that work. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So uh, to tease what's coming up in the show after we talk about tips for your best uh, hero picks, uh, Andre, I think is his name. He's a listener. He asks how to get your bucks to daylight if all you have are nocturnal pictures. That's that's probably the most frequently asked question. That nobody has an answer to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's the million dollar question. Be and there then, when he shows up in daylight. Yeah. That's yeah. the ticket. And then we have the wildlife word. So you mm. want to make sure you stick around to the end of the show because there's one good thing coming and one kind of good thing. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> I get the pleasure of hearing this from my desk every time you guys yeah. do the podcast. And hey, I always get a good laugh. You're giving so. away our secret. This is a big, huge studio setting. Your desk it's, isn't it's just It's right way here. around the corner <laughs> over by the closet. I'm there's actually a, a guy working right here. There's a guy <laughs> over there. There's a guy right here. We have a urinal attached to the wall there with yeah. no dividers. We got a urinal? <laughs> Pain in a cup. <laughs> when I was a kid, I went and saw the Bozo show for kids that grew up in Chicago. Land, you, you know what the Bozo show is? And I was so underwhelmed when I actually went in to see the set because it's smaller than it appears on television. And you see all the cameras and the rigging and stuff behind the everything. I had that experience with Saturday Night Live. Oh, you went really? Yeah. It, not, I didn't get to go over live taping and we went and toured uh, 30 Rock. Okay. Sure. And it was, I walked in, I was like, geez, it, it's it tiny. Go? It's, it's tiny. It's small, very, very small. Like it's amazing they do what they do. So I feel pretty good about what yeah, we've, we've accomplished. Because yeah. if here. we ever panned out, we you'd see well DOD TV podcast, podcast. critical mass uh, gear review 13, thirteen, Bow Madness dreams. You know, it's like we got them all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're maximizing our space. Yeah, hundred percent. It's about a thousand square feet right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for people that have maybe have. Are taking their their hero photos with empty bush light cans in the back of their truck. What's wrong let's, with that, Tim? Let's start. I'm gonna be a jerk. We're gonna tell you what's wrong <laughs> with it. Let's start in on some of the some of the common things that you see, Scott, in poor hero photos. One of the main things that I just I don't like seeing, and it's no fault to the hunter. It's it's time of day. Um, most times you shoot a deer and you end up finding it at night after dark. Yeah. So you know. It, it, presents a little bit more of a challenge to get a proper photo. The old iPhone nighttime shot. Yeah, they're Flash. usually blurry, out of focus. Yeah. You got the red eye going on. So, you know, if you if you pack a light that you can bring with you just to shine off to the side of your normal camera, that'll mm-hmm. really, really help bring more structure and and contrast to those photos at night. And you probably don't want just like a typical flashlight that's very one directional. You want something that kind of floods it more so than 
focus is right on just you because it, it's like having the old truck headlights on you. you right, know what right, I mean? Like yeah. that too looks like crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, you want to make sure that the, the hunter and the animal are both well lit, not just one or the other. So, you know, like Matt said, get a real broad light. Um, we actually have some new ones that we've been using this year and they, they have um, temperature adjustments. So you can change it from cool to warm, depending on your white balance needs. That's probably getting a little, too yeah, you get real this yeah, one, high but, tech redneck here. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time doing it. So I'm passionate about it. The, the first good buck that I killed on camera, I didn't know what I was doing. I had the, I think it was mag light. Maybe it, it's, it's the, it's the attached light for my Glock. It's super bright. And that's what I had. And so for interviews and for the tracking job, we're using that. And there's just like the sun in the center of, of the image. And then everyone else is like shielding their eyes. It was, it was terrible, (laughs) but but that's a great example of bad light usage. You want to kind of like wash the area and light, not just beam it on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, you know, the Bushlight beer cans, we see a lot of tailgate photos and, and those can be done really, really well. But if you've got ratchet straps, ropes, beer cans, trash, junk, just all that stuff stacked in there, it kind of takes away from the whole entire image. So, well, and that's kind of the classic original pose, right? Like I got plenty of photos of dad and I in the back, you know, in the back yeah. of his truck growing up with a spike and a fork. And, you know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the classic pose that you'd go down to the local, whatever gas station or check-in, check-in station. station. And yeah. That's what you, you'd see, you know, if they take a Polaroid and put it up on the board, the bragging board or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's all you would see is just tailgate photos. Yeah. Yeah. And back in the day, you know, before it was frowned upon, there was just a lot of beer cans in the back of people's trucks. No doubt. That's just the reality. Well, that's where it. you collect them to cash them in, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, I don't think from several aspects it's as, uh, it, it be accepted. Tastes have changed. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's higher standards now for, for what we, for what just in general people produce. And, and I think what you're trying to do is avoid distractions. Like you want the focus to be on the deer. Cause I find myself wanting to look at well, what's in the back of that truck and why is, and the reality ever, almost everybody, a lot of people have a smartphone these days, which have great cameras on them. So it's not like you got to take, you know, some DSLR out or some, mm-hmm. you know, really high end camera, pull out your phone and take it before you put the deer in the back of the truck. You have your phone on you, yeah. you know? So it's one of those deals where set a timer, you set the self timer yeah. on it, set it up and, you know, put it on your gear bag on your pack or something, set it up and have the shot ready. You just got to run and jump in it. Cause that's the other thing. Like most of these people are probably by themselves. Cause you see a lot of pictures sure. where it's just the deer on the ground. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's one that you see a lot, just the deer on the ground. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> no a little, context. Yeah. little pro tip here. You don't actually have to set self timer on your phone either. That's a great way to do it, but you can also just set your phone to run to video and, mm. and film the video of you getting behind posing. You can do different poses and move the deer mm-hmm. around and get some different angles. And then you can also go back after that, pause it, screen and, sh- grab. and screen grab from each of those that you want. Great idea. So, Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Much well, better than tricks. my idea. <laughs> <laughs> this guy does do this for, for a living. Um, okay. So let's talk about what you do with the deer. Because we've seen some deer that are incredible animals, but they look like... They look like garbage. Yeah. And I mean, it's a little much, Tim. <laughs> you look like garbage too. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's fight. <laughs> Tim Ratchet things up. 
um, you know, everybody always wants to show like the real bloody gory, like, yeah, I shot this. I'm a man. There is type so shot, but yeah. man, I just, those are rough to see and to, to share this sport with others and keep it growing and add people back into it. They don't all want to see that. So uh, most of them don't, yeah. you know, you see a lot of comments. Oh, poor dear. Oh, Bambi. Like it always mm. goes back to that. So that's what we're fighting against. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Hell, you can no. have those wet wipes or whatever. You say you got kids. You always got wet wipes around. Just a quick couple, you know, um, wipes with that. And all of a sudden you got a clean, clean deer. And yeah, pro tip, you throw those wet wipes away because your wife will get upset if she opens up the wet wipe container and finds a bunch of bloody wet wipes. <laughs> well, I don't know who in the world would put the bloody wet wipes back in the wet wipe container. <laughs> you just can't like afford to go buy a new thing. <laughs> wet wipes. I mean, no, that's really odd, Tim. I thought you were going somewhere totally different with that too. That's just where my mind took it. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Moving on. But, nothing but, to see but, here. But excess blood is a problem. So, yeah. Or even paper towels. Like you can pay, take a paper yeah. wipe yeah. with the grain of the hair and <clears throat> clean it up. Another yeah. crazy kind of pro tip, a guy over at uh, an outfitter we used to hunt with way back in the day, he used to take, I think it was olive oil and he would shine the rack with the olive oil oh. and it made the deer look freaking awesome. We, good idea. we usually don't do that because I don't have olive oil with me, but this <laughs> guy, on. this, so the point I guess is you could probably take the wipes and, and shine the, the rack as well, because like at night it'll give it a little bit of a different look. It usually mm -hmm. made it look darker. It's kind huh. of like a chocolate. Yeah, I wonder if you it. get like a, a 30 weight, if you can just make it a little darker, more chocolate, you know, it doesn't have to be olive oil, right? No, I, I don't know. No, like 10 W30. Yeah, why not? Go, any, any kind what? of oil. It's a dark rack. Just WD40 because that's what everybody has in their truck. They, just, they, yeah. can't, they can't haul that deer out of the woods. They just can't get a good grip on the end. No, make sure it's off. already where you're taking it. <laughs> oh, so, um, so blood, blood on the hair, blood, is, um, the tongue, that's another one. A lot of people just let it hang out to the side and yeah. it's just bad. Like take the time, put it back yeah. in the mouth, cut it off the jaw. Yeah. <laughs> cut it off. If that's you what have we to. usually do. Just cut the sure. tongue off. Yeah. Put it yeah. in your pocket, make a necklace yeah. out of it. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that <laughs> I just eat it right there. <laughs> I, I, I dare you first deer this year that you kill. You have to take a bite. I'm going to get it on film. <laughs> yeah, it <ain't> <laughs> All right. I lied. He made me, put me to be a liar. Thanks, Scott. Last time on the podcast, oh, Scott. Geez. First and last. Hopefully not the last time in the blind though. That's, I just, I'd like to stay there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about sequencing of the shot and, and I see a fair number of hero photos with the gut cavity open and yeah. the field dress and that it just takes away because you're going for realism. Well, some people, there's a couple different lines of thought there because some people that they're, they're from that school of thinking where you have to field dress it immediately or it ruins the meat. Mm -hmm. And obviously you do want to field dress it as soon as you can, but it really doesn't take a lot of time to get a couple good photos before you field dress it. Yep. Cause we get, we get that feedback a lot on Facebook. Usually, you know, it's like, Oh, they didn't field dress it yet. They ruined the meat. And it's like, man, we just walked up on it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The next minute is not going to hurt it. <laughs> and if it's cold out, then it really, you yeah. really got more time to work. But, but that, that's something to think about. I mean, not everybody does it, obviously does it the same way we do it, but yeah, we like to take the photo before we field dress the deer. 
And certainly they're, they're now I will say that's not all the time because sometimes we'll do it the next day as well. We'll like, we'll put it in a cooler. Like at dad's, we have a walk-in yeah, you just cooler. just got caught in a lie, didn't you? Yeah. So <laughs> we put it in a cooler and then the next day we'll take it out for photos, but we make sure mm-hmm. to your point, we prop it in a way that you can't see the cavity there. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it looks bizarre. So, so what other lifelike realism tips? Well, and, and, and Matt just mentioned this one, um, you know, kind of propping it up. You don't really want the legs to be sticking out towards mm. the camera showing yeah. because that just creates back. a weird perspective. So you really just want to tuck those arms up and kind of stand that that deer up kind of on its belly a little bit and, and tuck those legs in real tight. And then that allows you to, instead of long arming it to reach stuff, you can actually get up right behind them and be pretty close to your animal too. Sure. So. Another thing we like to do in that same kind of line of thinking, we usually put like if you're sitting down right behind it up, up towards the neck, we usually put our thigh underneath that bottom part of the neck and it helps you prop it up for a good picture as well. And, and it's one of those things where it also helps you kind of hold it up because if you, you know, real nice deer, you're really proud of it. You want a really good photo shoot. A buddy's helping you like, it can get taxing just to continue Mm -hmm. to keep holding. It's awkward because you're holding it with one, usually one, hand and yeah. the other hand is usually with your weapon or you know out in front or whatever Got it's the deer it. tongue in it <laughs> hold the deer tongue in one. <laughs> i did it <laughs> i'm so, sure that you had a tough time with that elk too because that was a giant I actually sat behind that sat i behind we it. yeah i think I think I just sat behind it and I got a bunch of crap for that one like i was long arming the elk it's like no it's just it's, just it's large, actually yeah, a large animal yeah. it's like you're sitting behind a cow oh yeah you know yeah it's like what do you i mean what do you want from me yeah <laughs> can't was get it, any closer was that on social was it Deercast that someone posted a, a hero photo and they had a stick propped into the deer's eye socket Ugh. to yeah. keep the deer up. Was that deer cast? Um, yeah, I th- no, I think that was on social okay. is where I've seen and, that. And one, I have but. seen the stick under the chin, you know, under, you know, right. Or resting yeah. on a log or something. Yeah. It's a little, but like the stick in the eye was, it was distracting. Yeah. And I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just kind of bad timing and placement for that. What, photo, it slipped but, into the eye? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she just kind of had it laying right there and it just Oops. looked like it was poking her right uh, in the one, eye. One so. thing, speaking of the eyes, one thing that some people do, you can go to like a taxidermist and buy the fake eyes. And some people will actually take out the real eyes and put in those fake eyes for photos. Do you buy them by the gallon or how do you, it's a lot. I think you, it's a lot. I think, I, I don't know. Like if you went to your taxidermist and said, can I buy two off of yeah. it? I'm sure it wouldn't be a problem. I'm sure it's not like a payment plan. You get one now and one later, <laughs> you know, like give me one good eye and that's going to cost you. Yeah. But the probably five, I don't know, it's maybe 10 years ago. We had a taxidermist on the team and we bought some for the whole, team and <laughs> bought a bunch of eyeballs for people. <laughs> You're really thinking, just blowing your mind. No, I'm thinking about buying glass human eyes. <laughs> so putting a human eye in instead of a taxidermist. Tim's going to really have some interesting hero photos later this year. <laughs> your eyes, the blue, they got blue eyes. <laughs> I mean, with Halloween coming up, maybe it's a hybrid. <laughs> a human teeth. Oh gosh. You're we've sick, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> He's legitimately lost it. 
So I mean, this is kind of comical. Though. It is one thing. It is one thing you can do is yeah. get go to tax nervous and get the uh, the eyes. Yeah, and and there's an actual reason behind that is after you kill a deer, there is kind of a film that, yeah, that goes blue. over the top of their eyes, and it's kind of that color. Yeah, so like they're blind or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I mean, that's part of the reason why people do it is to get rid of that color, and so it won't reflect, you know, your yeah. flash or or the light that you're using for yeah. those photos too. So. Getting all kinds of good tips. What about point of focus? Uh, point of focus. That's going to be a really, really tough subject to talk about because it's different for each angle that you're looking for. If, if you're doing like the hunter and the deer getting all of it, mm-hmm. you want both of them to be in focus. So that's easier to accomplish with a DSLR camera. You can, you know, run your F-stop up. We won't get into that fully now, but it's not hard to do it with an iPhone or an Android. You know, it's not hard to do you can't it with split these. the distance on Re- reality is if you're if the subject if if the person is close enough to the rack, it's all gonna be in the same focal plane anyways. Yeah. And and but mm-hmm. if you are long arming it, <laughs> you might get that's, caught. That's where I was going with that. Is if you're long arming it, it's gonna get difficult. And with portrait mode on the iPhone and new things like that where you can adjust those settings more yeah. where the blur starts. I mean that we've seen that in some of the photos, how it does kind of create some different looking effects, but um, really you just want to try and get the hunter and the animal in focus. And, and depending on what angle you're at, that might change a little bit here or there, Mm -hmm. but in general, you just want to get the hunter and the animal. Sure. So this is groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. Don't get the hunter and the animal (laughs) in the photo. (laughs) I can do it. I just don't have a great time talking about it. I get nervous. So, well, you know, um, when you are talking to someone like Matt and myself, I know it's intimidating because, <laughs> because we're a pair of guns of knowledge and, and obviously the looks on your part. Thank you. I didn't say <laughs> I what gonna... about the looks, but <laughs> well, go, I mean, go ahead. No, you can... since you got that thing fixed, it's been a lot better. <laughs> since you got the third eye removed, <laughs> it could come back. Let's I'm, I'm really it. hoping it does not. Me too. Not <laughs> to take time off work. Tim's recuperating from his uh, growth removal. No, no, I thought you meant I would take time off work, so I didn't oh. have to look at you. <laughs> yes, Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come in for a couple of weeks. All right. So do we, we think we more or less covered the highs and lows of what we need to do for a good photo? No, yeah. No uh, human eyes. Yeah. No human eyes, <laughs> no beer cans, no tongues, no blood. Um, some of the final pointers that I would give is on the cell phone. If you tap that screen, whenever you have it open, you'll see that yellow box pop up. That is kind of where you're going to centralize your focus. And then also there's a little sun that is next to that yellow box. That's your exposure. That's an iPhone. Um, But they do have focus also on the Samsungs. I don't think it's the same yellow box. You'll probably see a white circle that will pop up on those phones, but um, make sure that you're using that tool. If you're just throwing your phone up on autofocus, sometimes it won't get exactly what you want in focus. So tap on what you want to be in focus and then shoot your shot. Basically, you know, whoever's listening to this, you got to then teach this to someone else because you're not going to be the one taking the photo. You know, like my mom takes horrible photos of everything. So we were out the other night, like the group of us and somebody wanted a picture of Terry and Mark and Taylor. Sure. And mom took the photo and finally, uh, like she's like, "Eh," you know, it was taken really long. And finally I was like, just, 
I'll take the photo of these guys. Let me, let me do it, please. Like, cause you know, I mean, it's, some people just can't take a good photo and that's well, the reality. Well, and, and you bring up a good point. If, if you are the one kind of directing someone else to do this, check to see what they came up with, because once that moment is gone, you can't go back and get it. That's a great point. Cause I, I, I remember like the biggest deer I had ever killed up to that point, it was 161 inch eight pointer in Illinois. And we were rushing to get the photo. It was snowing. It was cold as heck. It was uh, the, the muzzleloader season. And <clears throat> I, we rushed through the photos that night mm-hmm. and there's not one single picture where Ugh. everything's in focus. None it's deers out of focus or I'm out of focus or, and I, I kicked myself for a long time over that. Cause it's like, we should have just, it was freezing out. We could have brought the deer out the next day again, but we were sure. on to the next. It's always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next day, the next tag. We got to keep going. And it was one of those deals where it's like, God, why didn't we you just that now. take a good photo again? Mm-hmm. So when, when we killed gnarly this past year, I was like, I don't care how long this takes or what we got to do. I want a really good photo to rem- remember it by. And I'm glad cause we did, you know, they Forrest did a really good job and mm-hmm. we got, we got some good pictures, but that's a good point. Like take the time yep, or else you may regret it. Yep. I'm I, getting excited for both of you guys to kill this fall. I'm hoping for that phone call so we can get out. Well, you'll be with do me. a session. Oh, I know. I know. I'll be there. But. The phone call will be like, Hey, <laughs> Scott, take the photo. No, the phone call will be, Hey, can you send me all those? Like right now? Hurry, yeah. hurry up. Are you done yet? Yeah. Let's Let's go. Got to get it up on DeerCast. You know it. Always. Okay. Well, thank you, Scott. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, let's move on to Andre. Question of the day is brought to you by RTP Outdoors, home of the groundbreaking, groundbreaker, three-in-one food plot implement. Hi. How are you guys doing? My question is, how do I turn my nocturnal deer into daytime deer? I'm a first-year hunter hunting on my first parcel, and I have only nighttime deer. Any advice would be great advice. Thanks again. I think if we had the answer to that, this podcast would get more views, certainly. Because we'd have more kills to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. Yeah, and honestly, Mark and Terry have always kind of told me, it's it's probably different for different parts of the year. So... Obviously, in the summer months, if you don't have daylight pictures, they're probably not bedded on you. And that goes for a lot of the year. But then you get to a certain period where they're just starting to move and their home turf is expanding. And if you're not getting daylight pictures, I mean, they're likely not bedded on you, first of all. There's whatever. I don't know how many acres he has or what kind of conditions, bedding food, what what he's got. But the, the simplest of answers is they're probably not bedded on you if you're not getting any daylight pictures. The second answer might be that you have your cameras in the wrong spots. It, you know, maybe you only yep. got one camera. It's just in a bad, you know, it's in a bad spot. Um, I'll say this, like, you know, I was just looking at a bunch of my pictures and we were out on a food plot one night hunting and we knew of a bunch of deer that moved through there and I didn't have them on camera. And you see that a lot where you're like, Oh, that should have been, I should have got tons of pictures of that. Yeah. And there's just also a chance that he walked through there fast enough where maybe you didn't get the picture. Right. You know, so there's a lot of caveats to it. Certainly. What's your experience? Yeah. Well, so, so you, you use the MRI to tell you, cause I, I had a, a really nice buck walking through um, my the cattle ranch that I hunt at midnight. 
And so I figure he's not bedded on me. He's trapped and it was closer to the rut. So he's probably traveling and I may have to try to backtrack his steps to try to catch him at some point, like trying to get back to bed the more the following morning, maybe the moon hangs a little higher that day or hangs a little later in the day. Um, but you can try to backtrack them or, or catch them on the front side, but there's not much you can do to affect deer behavior. It's, you have to do the, um, the adapting to where you're hunting. There's just, there's no, I, I, there's no way I know of to affect that behavior. No. And there, you know, it's in the States that you aren't allowed to bait it. Obviously, like it's free movement. You're you're just waiting on them to walk by your stand. So you might be trying to find a different place to put your camera, you know, put it in pinch points, put it on scrapes, you know, and it, even if you're putting like this time of year, you're putting it on scrapes and you're getting nighttime photos. Again, they're probably not living right there mm-hmm. near that camera because if they were, you would certainly, I would think, be getting some pictures of it hitting that scrape yeah. uh, in the daytime. So, yeah, agreed. you know, I, it's a problem I've had every year I've ever been on this farm that I hunt. I I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I, I don't know any way to change it. I, I will say this, this year we've changed our food plot structure a lot. And we've changed a little bit about the way we hunt it or when we go to hunt it. Mm -hmm. And I have had more daylight activity this year than ever before. So, I mean, you certainly can't affect it, you know, but that, that goes, I don't know that you can affect it yet this year. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a long-term proposition. Took me like four years to figure out what to do with this part of the farm. It's kind of part of the fun of, of deer hunting is that it's a constant game of learning and adapting. Yeah. Yeah. And being here at Drury Outdoors, I've been learning a lot and food, cover, water, like if you don't have those three things, they're not going to stay close all the time. Yeah. And even if you do have them, you know, you may not have enough of one of them. It may be that you don't have enough cover. It may be mm-hmm. that you, there's so much timber on your neighbor's farm that they're all living there, but you got all the food. And so they come to you, which is also a good place to be. I mean, you basically just got to adjust your hunting style to what your farm is. And when you see them show up on in daylight on cameras, you got to go like you yeah. got, you yeah. got to make it a priority to, to yeah. Cause on. it won't be long. I mean, it, it, it Mark always says, be the camera. Yeah. Meaning like you got to think, okay, if I got a picture of them and I checked the card a couple of days ago and it was a picture of them a couple of days before that, you already lost. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's not going to come do that most likely exactly the same way again, right. but that's some MRI for next year, potentially for that deer. Uh, yep. that, it always amazes me how well Mark and Terry do with that, but they're always scouting for the next year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's hard to wrap your head around that sometimes and think, ahead that way. And I still can't, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it does happen a lot of times. It's amazing. (laughs) They'll come back around the same time of year, the same way and hit the same pattern. Creatures of habit. Yeah. I was talking to a buddy about Mark and Terry and, and, and just how a lot of people feel like, because we're all deer hunters, we're kind of on the same, like, Oh, I do the same thing they do. Those guys, Mark and Terry are playing chess and most of us, myself included, uh, were playing checkers. Yeah, it's just a totally different. It is different they, level. They live it obviously every day, so that's an advantage because they've they've learned through time how to affect and change the way they hunt. Yep. And so it's not something that it'd be like any craft. You got to have that ten thousand hours to perfect it, and they've got more than that. You know, they got a lot of time in a tree to figure out how to 
affect their deer hunting and, and perfect it. A guy had sent me a email through the website not long ago. And he said something to the fact that loves everything, loves the podcast, loves, you know, the videos and DOD TV and the TV shows, but it doesn't really relate to the way he and his buddies hunt because we're on these big farms is sure. what he was, what he had mentioned. I said, that's actually the misnomer because marketary. Yes, they do have their main farm where it's a big track, you know, but for the most part, they have little satellite. It might be a lease. It might be a hundred acres. It might be 80 acres. They own it. They have a, several of those types of properties mm-hmm. all over basically Missouri, <clears throat> Kansas or Missouri, Iowa, Illinois. And <clears throat> they've succeeded by using the things that they learned through time on the big farms. And they've succeeded by implementing that everywhere they hunt. Sure. And I explained it to the guy. It's not just, it it can work for you. Like the piece I'm on currently or the river farm, if it was never not flooded. I mean, I think the strategies that we're imploring are things that I learned from them through watching, you know, our content, but it's a couple hundred acre piece, you know, it can work for that piece. And I'm planting to position. I'm hanging my sets to, you know, those food plots or principles still apply. Yeah. So, you know, his point was, Hey, look, we hunt for big farms that we don't own. We lease and we can't do anything with the farming and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, actually, you know, I'm in no, I'm in the same boat because I, I had to plead with my farmer this year to leave some beans, I'm paying to leave the beans, but he did not want to leave them, you know, and, and the little food plots, it's like a quarter acre here. It's a half acre there. It's, it's a little tiny micro plots, but it is affecting the way the deer's habits are and the way they move. And, and I don't have any equipment, so I got to borrow or rent or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I think it's, I think it's the way a lot of people have to have to do it. You can do it. Yeah. So it, I think the point is that the way that they hunt through time, it's, it's, it's evolved, but you can take little things mm-hmm. that you've learned from them and make it work for you. It doesn't have to be the whole big operation and yeah. all these box blinds <clears throat> and all this. You might build your own blind. You might take a pop-up blind and put it on a little elevated platform that you made. Like there's tons of ways to go about it, but yeah. there are little nuggets of information that you could take and, and make work for you. Like I'm going to fashion my own deer eyeballs <laughs> for when I finally get my chance to get some hero picks. There you go. They're save, marbles. Save a little bit of money. <laughs> crazy. You're crazy just sticking buckeyes here. literally in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a buckeye tree behind my house. There you go. So you you have it covered. <laughs> D- How do you think they got their name? DIY Tim. buckeyes. <laughs> Man, I'm going to write an article on that. <laughs> DIY. Be buckeyes. a hell of a social yeah. post. Yeah, it was. What's wrong with this kid? Hey, I think I still have that persimmon video from last week yeah. on the podcast. We'll have to run that on social sometime yeah. soon. Can't wait. Yeah, I survived it. <laughs> I'd like to approve that one before it goes oh, out. Okay. It's fine. All right. Okay. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, jump into the wildlife word before we say goodbye, shall we? All right. If anybody's it, still listening. It, <laughs> it also is timely in nature. This week's wildlife word is frost flower. Heard a frostbite, but he okay. lost me a frostbite. Yeah, nothing like that. I actually know this one. Yeah. All right, let's yeah, hear it. Yeah. So have, you ever, have you ever found one? Yes, I found multiples 
close together. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So um, how I learned about it was the Missouri Conservationist Magazine. They, they run articles oh, every sure. year about, you know, different things in nature. But a frost flower is like usually the first or second frost of the year when there's still a lot of moisture in the plants. The like the root system will freeze. And as it freezes, it pushes this beautiful looking ah. ice out of the I guess the pores of the plant yeah, and, and just forms this beautiful little icicle and you can usually find them first thing in the morning and then they'll melt off and then that's, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sometimes they'll come up through cracks in the ground where there's still moisture and the cold air kind of draws it out and it freezes as it's coming out and it's a very delicate, almost like flower petals and they, they crumble if you pick them up and then they obviously melt pretty quickly, but yeah. Watch out for frost flowers. Look at you yeah. guys. Yeah. They don't they don't have an odor though. You can't smell them. No. You can't take one to your girlfriend either. So Luckily or, I don't have one. Yeah. Or your wife. Sorry. <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> it's time to stop this podcast. Scott yeah. went over the line again. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if you are a DeerCast user, we would love it if you left us a review in the app store. Let us know what you think of DeerCast. Especially if you're an Android user. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of people that are just not happy because they're, in addition to the, the, the free model, they kind of focus on the fact that there's there are pay models and so we yeah. had a lot of feedback. And so we would like to hear from all sides of the coin. Yeah. Let us know what you think of DeerCast. It's all good. It's been doing really well, though. We're very pleased with it. We've continued to tweak things and improve things inside the app. And just watching the amount of fan shares come through is awesome. Some pretty cool stories been and, coming and, through. And kind of under the hood, when fan shares come through, probably 80 to 90% of those are being published, but we actually go through a lot of them. And so yeah. there may be a little delay if you, you know, you, you hit, you know, upload and you don't see it right away. It, it's probably going to make it. It just takes us a little while to get through them because there's so many coming through. right Yeah. Now. Yeah. So anyways, check out deercast.com or go to the app store and check it out. And of course we're still giving away a farm. We still got that that promotion happening yep. monthly promotion. What are we giving away this month? The nomad, uh, oh, yeah. cottonwood system. It's awesome. It's warm. So Toasty. you'll be nice and ready for that first cold front. First, first big cold front. Cause it's, I mean, that stuff that that'll last you all the way through like dead of winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wore the pants this past, uh, weekend when it was a little chilly and Weenie. Probably a little overkill. <laughs> <laughs> it was a warm walk to the stand. <laughs> See, you got to put it on in the stand. Of course, you know, you use climbers. That'd be well, tough. I, I was in a buddy's ladder stand. Ah. And oh, you're getting weak was, on us. It was even tinier than the platform I had to work with in my climber. You're getting weak in your old age. Ladder stands? Yeah. You're I, I know I'm completely weak. You're strictly I'm a, a climber escalated. guy. <laughs> Dude, if if I had stands hung up, I would totally. In fact, we we did put up some uh, some hang on stands at the at the farm two weekends ago. So it's just it's a lot easier when you got a buddy going with the film than to find two trees that are close to each other. Yeah, one tree big enough for two guys to get up into. Scott had the pleasure of filming oh, you oh, once man. and told it, me he's never doing it, it again. 80, <laughs> 85, 90 degrees and. <laughs> Yeah. First experience in a climber, probably my last, you know, it's just not that yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's not for sure. But yeah. So, uh, so join us in DeerCast if you're not already there and, uh, social, we're all over the place and, uh, we appreciate everyone watching and listening. All right. Until next time, be safe, identify your targets and good luck.